Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, leader of The Heart. I want to welcome you to The Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. Before we get into the message, I wanted to take just a moment to pray. I don't know about anyone else, but sometimes the weeks can feel a little heavy or busy, and so would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for this community. Lord, I pray that as we're sitting here, um, God, that in this, this stillness that you would speak to our hearts through this message, through this experience. God, I pray that there would be your voice deep in our souls awaking us to something new. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, like Dom said, my name is Crystal, and every once in a while I get a chance to share with you guys. And um, we've been in this message series talking about what we can pull from nature, what God can show us through nature. And today, what I want to talk about is patience. You got anxious. I know you did because I was anxious saying it. Patience, who has time for that, right? So, um, you know, as I was thinking through this message series in particular, patience is something that we all have to step into and that can be incredibly difficult. I don't know about you, but it has been for me. And um, I want to share a quick story with you. A couple years ago, it was probably about four years ago, uh, I was in the season, just life was busy, and um, I didn't know what I needed, but I went just like we all do to Instagram to find out. So I'm scrolling Instagram, I'm looking for like mindfulness quotes and trying to think through what is going to help me be in more of a peaceful state. And I just kept seeing all of these posts and videos about plants. Now, the only thing I can remember about plants was when I was a really little kid, my mom had plants everywhere. I'm talking porch, inside, it was like a jungle everywhere in our house. And I always got so frustrated because all she did was she had the music on for the plants, she had the watering schedule for the plants, and so I just remember everything was about plants and cleaning. That was my mom. But I was scrolling and I was like, okay, I'll give this plant thing a try. So I'm trying to figure out what plant I want to, um, you know, step into first, what uh, process was there for plants. And I would see what was known as a fiddle fig tree. Have you ever seen them? Okay. So a fiddle fig tree, it's this plant, has beautiful leaves. Um, it's named a fiddle fig because the striping on the leaf um, looks like violin strings. And so I was like, ooh, I'm going to get that plant. So I start reading all these blogs I'm researching. And everything about this plant is, if you are a new plant owner, do not get this particular plant. And naturally, I'm like, that's the one. So I, um, I'm continuing to read through these blogs, and there's a very specific watering schedule. It's finicky when it comes to light. It doesn't metabolize the sun in winter, so you have to have a different watering schedule. And everything that was running through the thread of the blogs was the currency for this particular plant is patience. You will not be a successful fiddle fig owner if you do not have patience. And so I followed that. I got a fiddle fig, I put it in a window with uh, you know, a little sheer curtain, no direct sunlight, and I was like, you just leave it there. That's what you do. And um, 
So I have three fiddle figs. I have one that I've had for four years. She is voluptuous. She's a a wide fiddle fig, and um, she's thriving. And then I have a a taller fiddle fig that I got from HEB. She's uh, tall and slender. I'm not stem shaming. I'm just saying this is the, the different kind of shapes. And so um, I just recently got a new fiddle fig, and this is called a little fiddle fig. Um, The leaves are much smaller, and it's not as finicky as the other plants. Through my research, that's what I have discovered. Actually, Dom brought this for me today, and so I was texting him all the details, like, don't stress her out too much. You can't lean it too much. It's got to be just propped up there just right. So I did all this research about this plant, and I now feel a competent fiddle fig mom. But the biggest thread of that was patience. So I wonder what that looks like for us in our lives. Are you patient? I struggle. Pray for me. I struggle with patience, but what we're going to talk about today and what we're going to look at in this story of Joseph is the steadiness and the trust that can come in the process of patience. And I think what you'll find is there's a different perspective that the story in this book, the Bible, shows us when it comes to patience and to growth. Because time is going to continue, and we have a choice to make what we're going to do within relationships, within our journey of faith, um, for those of you that may have started a new journey of faith. So I want to look at this story, but first I want to share this with you. I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget. It says, patience is a gift that grows. Impatience is a vice that destroys our peace and our relationships. Now, we live in a society that is counterculture to patience, right? Instagram this, Instagram that, hustle, hurry. If I want an elephant right now, I could Amazon it here in about 20 minutes. I remember when Amazon was like a week to get your package, and now we're all upset if we don't get it the same day, um, which is incredible. But that is what we live in. We live in a world that tells us to move faster. And the opposite, as I was thinking through this and I was thinking through how it affects our lives is or impatience always keeps us in this state of trying to prove ourselves. Maybe to one another. Maybe you're in a role at work and you think that you should be 15 steps ahead, but you just started in this new role. And so all you can do is focus on trying to prove yourself to those around you. It can keep us in this state of frustration. We end up trying to play the short game versus the long game. And I want to I wanna talk to you. Um, this, this scripture in particular will not be on the screen, but um, in the Bible, Jesus leaves us with this message that he leaves us with a comforter, a healer, someone to stand right beside us, and patience being one of those virtues. Here's how I know you're a patient person. In just a couple of weeks, in November, you're going to wait all day long to eat a meal, and you'll wait all day long because you know the food is going to be good, right? We're patient around Thanksgiving. Can't wait for that homemade pie. So here's the scripture that we see in Galatians 5. It says, But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all varied expressions. 
joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures. And that word in this particular um, scripture, it's in the Greek, and it means that it's ever tapping or never quitting. Kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. So Jesus tells us that you don't have to figure out patience on your own because I've already planted this in your spirit. It's through me that you can learn this concept of practicing patience, and it is a practice. As the Apostle Morgan Freeman said in Evan Almighty, just kidding. God doesn't give us patience. He gives us an opportunity to practice patience. It's that traffic that you're in, the line that you're at in Starbucks, the broken bone that you're waiting to heal so you can get back to whatever it is. If we can slow down and still ourselves for just a moment to see the people around us, we can see the opportunity for patience. And if you really want to learn patience, you should have kids. That's a great opportunity to learn patience. I have a, a 10-year-old daughter, and um, she has taught me more lessons than I could ever express, and I want to share one of them with you, so if you'll draw your attention to the screen. tell you I was trying to set that up at the time to just see like how she would react but no I just really wanted to hear about her day and that was um, the feedback that I got and she's this exact same person today like that is exactly how she is um, it's really funny because as a kid I learned how to deal with frustration from the Looney Tunes and Roadrunner by blowing something up with dynamite that was the lesson we learned but this comes from a, a cartoon called Daniel Tiger and so when she was really little the cartoon teaches you how to breathe and count and learn patience and so she oftentimes would remind us of that and uh, even to this day my mom um, she helps a lot with Kai and one of our friends has a daughter and uh, my mom's always in a hurry for something whatever it is it doesn't matter she's just always in a hurry and so um, Kai will often remind her to be patient take a deep breath Nana we'll water the plants when we get home so it's it's just really funny but I was thinking through that and um, I, I just want to share this. Patience is not something we have. It is something we consciously do. It's something we do. It's something that we practice. Think about it this way. Anyone that you know that is very successful at what they do or they've mastered a skill, 
It has been a process of time. If it's someone that you admire and they have wisdom in an area that you go to them for advice for, maybe it's a career or marriage or faith, they have practiced and learned and had patience through that process. There's some great composers, and uh, I was reading an article on Mozart, and it talks about how he did one of his first pieces at 11, at 11 years old, and um, this isn't the exact word, but basically the commentary was that it was trash, and his real masterpiece was when he was 23. 10,000 hours. They say it takes 10,000 hours or 10 years to be proficient to master something that you're doing. So why is it that we will try for five minutes and feel like we have to give up? Maybe it's this faith journey. Maybe you've started or maybe you're 15, 20 years in and it's still not clicking for you. What are the lessons in this book that we can learn what are the, the moments that we can activate and awaken this faith inside of us? Sometimes we have to learn to be patient with the people in our lives. They're not beside you. Don't look around. It's not them. Right? Our friendships, our marriages. There's only one thing that will strengthen that, maybe a few more. But the biggest component is patience. That's how we get to know someone. That's how we get the depths and the root of relationship. It's time with them. We oftentimes think about in terms of, you know, 10, 20 months where we could be looking future forward. In this story of Joseph that I want to share with you, um, if you're not familiar with this particular uh, story, it's okay. You can read it. And I do have two Bibles up here. It's not because I'm double the holy. It's probably because I need double the help. But in all actuality, um, there are many different versions of the Bible. I uh, encourage you to go read them. Um, the Bible is an interpretation from authors, right? So uh, the scripture I read to you earlier, it was out of um, uh, a book. This is the Passion Translation. It's a very poetic version of the Bible. And then I'm going to read to you uh, this story, a couple of scriptures from this story out of the message, and it's a contemporary version of the Bible. And I believe that God has set us up with people that interpret the Bible so that we can explore our faith from many different angles. I think that's how we can deepen our relationship with God. I don't think there's a black and white or a rule book here with this. Plus, God made fish with teeth. So if he was super into rules, I don't, I don't know if he would have done that. So this story that I want to read to you guys, it's about a guy named Joseph. Um, he's a son of Jacob, and he has a ton of brothers. There's 12 of them, and he's known as one of the most favored brothers. Everyone knows it. There's also Benjamin, and uh, he is also a favored brother, but Joseph is like the golden child. And um, they all work on a, a farm. They're... Uh, their job is to watch the flock of sheep. And so Joseph, though, he, he stays uh, away. He's typically in the house. And this story is very juicy. It's very, very long, um, but worth the read. A lot of times people think the Bible is boring, but this particular story 
It gives you everything. So I want to look at a couple of uh, pieces of this story, but in essence, here's what happens. Joseph's brothers, they decide they're not having it anymore. So they come up with a plan where they're going to kill Joseph. They're going to get rid of him. They're tired of the golden boy status, and they're done. Um, what happens is he gets into, they end up selling him into slavery in Egypt. And so he becomes um, a slave. And there is a lot in between that that happens to Joseph. But what I want to look at is there's this part of the story where Joseph is um, thrown in jail. Essentially what happened was the king's wife was trying to get with him, and he wasn't having it. So um, she was embarrassed and ended up telling the king that he had stepped over the line, and he gets thrown in jail. And at the same time, there are two uh, other important people within the king's life that gets thrown in jail as well. So here's what I want us to look at in relation to patience. I want us to look at Joseph's character while he's waiting, okay? So I'm going to read this to you. This will not be on the screen. As time went on, it happened that the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt crossed their master, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was furious with his two officials, the head cupbearer and the head baker, and put them in custody under the captain of the guard. It was in the same jail where Joseph was held. The captain of the guard assigned Joseph to see their needs. After they had been in custody for a while, the, cup, the king's cupbearer and baker were held in jail. Both had a dream. Now, Joseph, before he was sold into slavery, he was given the gift of being able to interpret dreams. Um, in fact, when he was still with his brothers, he had a dream that he was going to be the, a ruler. And so he had been known of being able to interpret dream, dreams, and this time that was very, very important to them. So anyways, when Joseph arrived in the morning, he noticed that they were feeling low. Can you imagine being in prison after being sold as a slave, after going through so much trial and tribulation, and now you are sitting in a prison and you are noticing someone else being low. Throughout this entire story, Joseph's character, because of his patience, it allows him to see people, not just to be consumed with himself. It goes on to say, they said, we had dreams and there's no one to interpret them. Joseph said, don't interpretations come from God. Tell me your dreams. First, the head cup bearer told, him, told a dream to Joseph. In the dream, there was a vine in front of me with three branches on it. It budded, blew, blossomed, and the clusters ripened into grapes. I was holding Pharaoh's cup. I took the grapes, squeezed them into the Pharaoh's cup, and gave the cup to Pharaoh. Joseph said, here's the meeting. The three branches are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will get you out of here and put you back to your old work. You'll be giving Pharaoh his cup just as you used to when you were his cupbearer. What happens uh, in the scripture below is he, the other, um, the baker that was in the cell with them, he also had a dream, so he wanted to know what his dream meant, and he was anticipating that it was going to be great, and he was going to get out of jail as well. Not the case. So essentially, uh, Joseph interprets his dream, and he tells him that he's going to be beheaded in three days. So not, uh, not as exciting news for him, right? Uh, a few scriptures down, it says that the head cut bear then spoke up, um, 
before we get to that, what happened was Joseph asked the cupbearer, when you get out of here, will you please tell the king that I, what I have done for you and help me get out? And so at the time, he says, yes, here's what actually happened. Um, he doesn't tell the king. Joseph's in, in prison for two more years, and eventually the head cupbearer then spoke up and said to Pharaoh, I just now remembered something. Two years later, get out of here, man, come on. I'm sorry, I should have told you this a long time ago, you think? Once when Pharaoh got angry with his servants, he locked me and the head baker in the house of the captain of the guard. We both had dreams on the same night. Each dream had its own meeting. It so happened that there was a young Hebrew slave there with us. He belonged to the captain of the guard. We told him our dreams, and he interpreted them for us, each dream separately. It goes on to the story of um, the king does bring Joseph out of prison, and he interprets this dream, and he becomes second in command. He goes from a slave to prison to the palace. Can you imagine the amount of patience it would take to hold on to faith and hope through that entire process? Sometimes in my life, I'll lose hope in 15 seconds if it looks like it's going to be daunting, right? Not you guys, I know you're patient. But for me, there are moments that I have walked through where I'm so frustrated either with myself or someone else or the way that things are not going how I had imagined. It can be so easy to want to give up. But Joseph did not. He did not give up. And here is what I took away from that. It's not always about how long you wait, but how you wait. Maybe it's not about the time that we have to wait. Maybe it's about how we choose to wait. What is the beauty that you can see in the process? What skill can you try to harvest for yourself to step more into who God has created you to be? For me, um, this is a true story. I was with my friends at a, a plant shop, go figure, and I was looking at this plant, right? And I was like, man, I really like that because these little fiddle figs are pretty difficult to find um, in the horticulture world. Don't mean to brag, but they're difficult to find. And they had all the fiddle figs, and that's like my section. And I saw um, a regular size fiddle fig, and it was really tall. And then one that was maybe like not even half its size, a fourth of a size. And so I was like, ooh, maybe I'll get that tall fiddle fig because it's only $50 more, and that's like five years more of growth. I don't want to wait for this one. And I was just thinking, what in the world? That is me being impatient because of time. I'm probably going to go back and get it. But I started to think about you know, when I was um, the voluptuous gal, my favorite, uh, my favorite fiddle fig, in that process, you guys, what I learned about plants and myself was invaluable. I learned that, yes, I could be patient again. Yes, I could take time to learn something about an area that I wanted to grow in. And I was okay with that. It caused me to slow down. And that's what I mean when I say maybe it's not about how long we wait, but how we wait. At the end of this story, there's a section, and I want to share with you that what I found in here is uh, Joseph reflects patience without abandoning himself. 
in this story without abandoning this promise or losing sight of this dream that God had given him. I know in my lowest of moments, in my most frustrating moments, I can lose sight of my own character. I can almost walk away from who I know myself to be because it can feel so chaotic or rushed in my mind and I step into these characteristics of someone that I am not. So at the end, when Joseph had um, now stepped into this position of second in command, what happened in his dream was he had saw seven years of a famine, and so they were able to stock up and eventually not only feed their own area, but the areas around them. And guess who came to get some food? His brothers. So his brothers and his dad came to get some food, and... um, I just imagine the level of grace that he would have had for these people that not only abandoned him, but tried to kill him. Um, But it was a a fantastic reunion, and I, I believe because of how Joseph waited, because of where his heart was positioned, because of the patience and the perspective, this is how he um, greeted his brothers. Then the brothers went in person to him, threw themselves on the ground before him and said, we'll be your slaves. Joseph replied, don't be afraid. Do I act for God? Don't you see you planned evil against me, but God used those same plans for my good, as you see all around you right now. Life for many people, easy now. You have nothing to fear. I'll take care of you and your children. He reassured them, speaking with them heart to heart. I love that because I just am reminded of the gifts that God leaves us with, what the Holy Spirit can do inside of us when we make the choice to allow him in. That story about Joseph, while there is so much in it, what you'll see if you go back and and read through it, and I encourage you to do that, what you'll see is that he didn't abandon what God told him. And that's not always easy, right? It's not always easy in the moment. We can read through these stories, but it doesn't mean that that is easy to keep in front of us when we're going through something difficult or when we're looking at what's next in our lives and having to feel like we need to speed through them. But I just wonder what beauty could we find in the process if we made a choice to slow down? What relationships could be deepened? What skill could we gain? What if God is not so much trying to teach us patience, but what if he is the patience already in us? I want to challenge you with a couple of things today. This week, if there's ever a moment, and there will be, where you feel frustrated, where you feel hurried in your spirit, Maybe you'll experience that in the lines or Starbucks or whatever else it may be. But in your spirit, when you feel impatient, I want you to calm down, take a deep breath, count to four, and be reminded that you are a powerful person. You were designed by a creator who said, I have everything inside of you that you need. Not only that you need, but that other people need to see. I heard this told once that 
Maybe we're the only Bible that people experience. Maybe the way that you process through your journey. I'm not saying you have to do it perfectly. I'm not saying that you have to do it in a certain amount of time, but the way that you process through your journey in life, in faith, in marriage, in relationships, or divorce, or work, whatever it is, sometimes we're the only light that people are ever going to see. We're the only position of hope that they're ever going to know. And I just wonder if that steadiness of patience could allow someone to connect to the heart of God a little bit deeper. Will you guys pray with me? Father, I thank you for these lessons that we get to have a lens for through a book that was written thousands of years ago. I thank you for being the same God today as you were then. I thank you for leaning in close, God. I thank you so much that we don't have to be a certain way to know you. I pray that as we walk through our weeks, our days, our years, that you would remind us of the opportunities of patience, that you would remind us of what we can see when we slow down, when we take time, when we take a deep breath. I pray that that patience would extend into our relationships. God, that you would allow us to see others even when we're standing right in the middle of a prison cell. I pray that you would comfort our hearts when we're frustrated. To remind us that you're a comforter that lives inside of us and through us. And there's nothing that could ever change that. God, I pray for baby Tyler as he's on his new walk. Lord, that you would be right beside his family as well. That you would teach him in his own way. Allow him to hear your voice. We thank you, God. Thank you for this community and those around us. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, our mission and goal is to connect people to the heart of God. If you would like to pursue a relationship with Jesus Christ, please visit us at www.theheart.church for more information. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who might benefit from it. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we'd like to invite you to visit us this Sunday morning, but we have two experiences for you to choose from at 9.30 and 11 a.m., all happening at the Spot Cinema House and Eatery. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how our relationships grow and how your faith grows.